Hey, everybody. Happy New Year. We are starting our year off strong with a special guest today, Steele Roden from the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast. And he's here to discuss some players that can really live by the motto, New Year, New Me. All right. We are looking at underachievers and buy lows that we think are going to rebound to produce value for the second half of the season. Let's get the biz. You're listening to Fantasy NHL today. today we are here thank you very much for joining us on uh what what day is this i don't even know sunday this is gonna come out on monday but it's sunday right now happy sunday everybody um yes this is fantasy nhl today i am your host blake creamer please follow me on twitter it's at blake creamer se please come on do me a favor all right and with me i've got a very special guest a returning guest uh this legend this beauty the man has a beautiful mustache. Uh, you can't see on video, but yeah, it's steel. He's pure masculinity, and, and we like that. All right. Oh, it's there. It's there. It's it's there. Yeah. Thank, yeah. thank you so much, Blake, for having me again. This is awesome. Happy New Year to you and your family and to everyone out there listening. And yeah, thanks for having me back on the podcast. You bet, buddy. Yeah. Steel Roden, Locked On, Fan- Locked on Fantasy Hockey Podcast. That's, that's the man we're talking to right here. Buddy, how was your uh, New Year's? How's everything going? Yeah, it's going great. You know, it's definitely a little bit different. Uh, first time, you know, outside of Ontario for me. I've been in Vancouver now for two months. Uh, first time away from my family as well on New Year's. Um, so it's definitely a bit of a change for both me and my girlfriend, but absolutely love it out here. The weather, again, you and I were talking about this, not the most ideal weather <laughs> you can have, but nonetheless, it's a beautiful, beautiful place to live and absolutely love it so far. Are there people out there that are like, it's raining. Yeah. You know, they're like super stoked on it. You know, the, the, these people There's exist. a few people that love the rain and love to just go out in the rain, but I'm yeah, not one of those people. I think they're toddlers. All right. They yeah, go out, they, they jump in puddles. Yeah. That's, that's like my kids. That's, that's what they want to do. It sounds like um, my girlfriend, to be honest. <laughs> all right. Well, as long as she has a nice pair of boots, you, you know, you can get right in those puddles. No problem. That's, that's good. Um, cool. Well, um thank you so much for joining me man i really appreciate that um yeah definitely uh first off so i'll give you my twitter steel why don't you go ahead and give them your twitter uh just so we can get you uh hopefully get you some follows and just get you some attention here yeah my personal twitter is uh sroden underscore 77 uh yeah definitely go follow me on twitter i post anything fantasy hockey wise bets wise as well if you're looking to make some money in the new year 2023 and then if you want to go follow us at uh the locked on fantasy hockey podcast our handle is LO underscore fantasy NHL and go follow us on YouTube as well. Just hit over 700 subscribers. So very proud of where we came from, from last year, but yeah, definitely go follow us on YouTube and uh, hit us up on Twitter. If you have any questions, buddy, that's awesome. Awesome news, man. You guys are killing. Um, I said this last time I had you on, but uh, you, you guys grind really hard. I like that because um, yeah, it's, it's tough to get in and do these podcasts every day. And that's what you guys do besides the weekends. Right. So um, you're bringing a lot of valuable stuff out there. So definitely go check out the locked on fantasy hockey podcast. Uh, that's must listen material. If you want to crush your opponents and uh, break their wills. Okay. 
<clears throat> that, that's what we want to do. All right. Um, so cool. So we got steel here. We're going to be talking, as I said, new year, new me, who are some players that we're hoping um, can be a new me in the new year, right? We're going to be talking about players that are underachieving. Uh, they're going to, you know, they're potentially buy lows. These are players that we think are going to rebound and kind of get back to where we thought they were going to be. And we'll talk about why. Okay. But before we do that, we're going to get into some NHL news. My tiny little nipples went to France. Okay. We got some news. All right. Some simple stuff here. Um, Nathan McKinnon of the Avalanche. He's back, baby. Get to the chopper. Right. Mac. Mac. Get to the chopper. Uh, and he didn't do anything. But, uh, <laughs> but, that's, but that's fine. Yeah, the Avalanche got crushed 6-2. Um, but that's fine. That's really good news for the abs. Um, he played uh, 22 minutes and 10 seconds in the game, so he is good to go. So I like to see that. I don't know. Do you got McKinnon anywhere, Steele, in any of your, your leagues? I, I did have McKinnon. I actually traded him, I think, a week after he got injured. Uh, traded him for Jason Robertson in a first-round pick. So overall, huh? I think it's pretty good. <laughs> What the heck kind of league is this? Oh, man. Uh, Hopefully there's well, money involved because you're about yeah, to smash. Oh, a ton of money. A ton of money in this league. But, yeah, I think he did it for the sole purpose because he already had Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews on his team. So he wanted the big three on his fantasy team. So, again, he he you know we kind of went back and forth talking about this trade. And he wanted to do straight up Jason Robertson for Nathan McKinnon. But he took a little longer to uh, – come around to that idea so he's like you know what i'll throw in a first round pick just for making you wait and i was like deal let's get it done what in the world this this guy's gonna retire after this year yeah you're well he's in first place right see- now yeah he's right, in first place right now so he's got a pretty good team he doesn't care yeah well if he's got those players yeah his team is is pretty stacked all right but uh yeah that's a nice little trade for you um yeah mckinnon he's back it's gonna be good book it all right um carter hart also uh, sounds like he's gonna play on monday so that is very good news for the Flyers. They're just decimated this year, but somehow just, you know, treading water, basically. So I, I don't even know how they're doing it. Um, but, yeah, it's good for the Flyers because without Carter Hart, I mean, that team just – that that's Connor Bedard 100% confirmed yeah. going to the Flyers, right? So, I would, yeah. bad, I would feel bad for Bedard if he goes to the Flyers. I can't stand the Flyers. Oh, me neither. I, I don't even know half the players on the team. You know, like I, I watch some of the games. I'm like, all right, you know, it's – it's it's a motley crew over there for sure. It is, um, it is. But I like my guy Kevin Hayes. I hope he, he gets out of Torts's doghouse. Let's let's get him back to biz. All right. And Tony D'Angelo, uh, overtime winner the other night. I like that man. Oh, with the pretty boy, Tony. Yeah. Hey. Right. Okay. Hey, Tony. Yeah. Hey. That's nice. Uh, cool. Let's move on. Um, Leon Dreisaitl. Hello. 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 Not good news coming out of uh, Edmonton. So there are reports. Uh, it's nothing confirmed yet, but reports that his injury is uh, potentially to a core muscle. So, you know, info is still a little bit sparse, but honestly, that's that's not a good sign, right? Um, he's he's going to be out again uh, for the next game. For me, honestly, I'm preparing for the worst there and hoping yeah. for the best. I think, um, you know, I've got Dreisaitl on one of my leagues. It's That's going to be tough because, he, you know, in most leagues, he's probably the number two guy or the number three guy, um, you know, in fantasy, right? So, yeah. I don't know. What about Drysaddle? You got him anywhere? Honestly, he might even be considered the number one guy because of the dual eligibility right there alongside, you know, 
McDavid, obviously McDavid's having an insane, incredible season. The fact that he's scoring goals at will now. Uh, I like the fact that he's shooting the pucks on net. But, yeah, it's definitely going to be a tough loss if he's out for a significant amount of time, especially for the Edmonton Oilers. Like, they've got no one else. It, like, it's just Connor McDavid at this point. I know they had a pretty strong win the other day, but still, they're without Evander Kane. If they lose Leon Dreisaitl, yeah. I still don't – I know a lot of people really like Stuart Skinner right now. Um, and, you know, I'm coming around to that, but I still think there needs to be a little bit more consistency with his game. You can, I'm not. I'm not sure how it's going to go, but they, you know, they're still battling for a wild card spot right now. So it's going to be tough with those with, with, with dry sidles out for a significant amount of time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the the goaltending in Edmonton has just been a problem for it feels like so forever. Long. Yeah, yeah. I I honestly feel like they're wasting the best years of McDavid, Dry Like these guys are good to go. They're they're two of the top three players in the league, and. They, they can barely get out of the first round. You know, it's it's sad to see. I don't even like Edmonton, but I like hockey. And so when you see players of that caliber, I want to like get get Connor McDavid in the Stanley Cup finals. Let's see what happens. Right. That, well, that, that's, that's, that's the thing. That's the thing, too. It's just like that was the big problem with for me last year with the Edmonton owners. Like I absolutely disliked Mike Smith and Miko Koskin. They were not a good enough duo to get them to the finals, obviously, but good enough to get them to the Western conference finals. Obviously they get swept by the avalanche. So coming into the season, I'm like, okay, you know what? They, you know, they signed Jack Campbell. We know that he's a decent starter at least. And who knows what this kid, Stuart Skinner can do. He looks pretty good as of now, but I had a little bit of faith of the, for the Edmonton Oilers heading mm-hmm. into the season, but Jack Campbell's been a letdown. Again, Stuart Skinner has been a little bit inconsistent for me, obviously losing a Vander Kane back in early November or late November, I think it was, but that was a, a detrimental hit to their team. So it's going to be tough for Edmonton to make the playoffs this year, I think. Yeah, no. And, and it's just so weird to say that again, with those type of players on the team, I do like Zach Hyman. I think he's, he's obviously having a great year, but you know, and, and actually Nuge is playing pretty well too. Um, But their defense is, is not awesome. You know, I, I don't know. I, yeah, you're right. I think they'll be fighting for a wild card spot there, which is unfortunate. Get, get that man into the Stanley cup finals. Just do it. Okay. Um, but yeah, dry side, I'll keep an eye on that. I think the guy who's going to be getting his power play time is uh, Kyler Yamamoto. I think he's taking some reps on the power. I think play that there. would be the next guy in line. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that's, he's still streamer level. Like, he, you know, yeah. he's played with those guys before and not really done anything with it. So I, I wouldn't expect much more. It's just going to be more McDavid, more Nuge, you know, and, uh, when eventually when Evander Kane comes back, um, you know, that'll, that'll be good for the team, obviously, but he's still out for a while, obviously with that injury. So Yeah. Not good. Um, also, uh, Vladimir Tarasenko, he's out again. He he came back off an injury, played four minutes in the game, and then took a shot off the hand, and he's out again. Um, he, he This is a guy I actually um, – I was pretty high on coming into the yeah. season. I thought, um, you know, he had – he, he has a like everything looks good under the hood with Tarasenko. Um, you know, he had a he had a nice healthy year last year, you know, got got some decent points and goals. But his deployment is still a question mark to me. Like they're still playing him sometimes 16 minutes a night. Whereas yeah. I, I thought if he can do that in 16 minutes a night, like pump him up two more minutes and then let's see what happens. You know, I thought there was he could do well in the deployment he was already getting, you know, and hopefully maybe more was on the way, but it just hasn't materialized and the blues have been pretty on and off this year, mostly off pretty stinky team this year. I don't know. What's your take on Tarasenko? Uh, I love him. And look, I, I, I had the same thought process last year. You know, I think a lot of people 
obviously with the scenario with between Tarasenko and the organization that he wanted, he requested a trade from the team. Uh, he obviously had shoulder surgery in the off season, had to rehab that for a significant amount of time. But I think a lot of people were afraid to draft him last year. And I took a shot at him pretty early. I think in last year's draft, maybe like round six or round seven, and it ended up paying off. He had 82 points last year, 34 goals in 75 games. Incredible. And then same thing this year really like him he's got 29 points in 34 games so far again but it goes back to that where they're not playing him enough if he's doing all of this in under 16 and a half 17 minutes pump those minutes up and he's going to be you know producing a lot of more offense than you think he will and uh, yeah you're right the st louis blues have just been all over the place this year it's been a roller coaster of a season seven game losing streak i think they went on an eight game winning streak right after that yeah and you know they're already rumors right now of trade talk between you know shipping out ryan o'reilly tarasenko is definitely not signing back next season so who knows what's going on. it's up in the air for the st louis blues right now yeah and they got bennington in net what a dingus that guy is oh i dropped him from my fantasy yeah. team like yeah last yeah dude. month it's been, it's been a savior it's been a savior it's kind of nice to just get out from under it because again the guy yeah. can be lights out or he can just do the stupidest crap in the world and yep. you're like what is wrong with you, man? Like, are you are you good? Like, what's happening? Um, you know what's funny about fantasy? Uh, uh, just listen to you talk about Tarasenko. There is like when you when you draft a guy that performs for you like kind of unexpectedly, you have a soft spot for that guy for like yeah. three seasons coming up, right? And you keep drafting him. Uh, yeah, if anyone looks at any of my teams who I've been in, you know, in leagues with for a while, like they'd see like. I draft the same guys because I'm like, <laughs> I have a nice comfort level here. Right. And it's kind of biting me a little bit with, with some of my players this year, like um, UC Saros. Yeah. I, I get hit. I try and pick him up every, every year basically. And uh, yeah, it's been a rougher year more, not so much for him, but because Nashville has been, you know, I think the 31st in league scoring. Come on. What yeah, are you doing? Big juicy, give big juicy some help. <laughs> But uh, yeah, anyways, I'd find that pretty funny. No one uh, look at my previous uh, teams. All right. You'll start to notice patterns and then I'll be decimated. All right. And then lastly, today uh, we get reports. Joe Pavelski signed a uh, uh, an extension one year, 3.5 mil. That is a nice signing for the Dallas Stars. Yeah. Who like th this guy's he's making some really fine signings here. Like obviously the Robertson deal. You, you look at that, that's a, uh, that's a slam dunk for years to come. And then to be able to sign Pavelski for 3.5. Um, wow. You know, I, 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 I didn't, I, again, underestimated Pavelski this year, you know, he's 38 years old and he's, he's on the same pace uh, point pace. He was last season. The guy yeah. just, he's just ageless. He's, he's doing it. His, I guess his style of play kind of lends itself to longevity, but um, yeah, this is a great signing for the Dallas stars. I think it's a great too. And you like, like you said, that you know the contracts that they've been able to sign to their young players, Rupe Hans and Jason Robertson, Miro yeah. Heiskanen as well, Jake Ottinger too. Like all these young guys that they've solidified for the next at least three years minimum is great. But the fact that they can sign a veteran presence, Joe Pavelski, get him at a good price too, one year, three point five million. I know, I know, my co-host Flip, like in the in the preseason, <laughs> big Pavelski just, guy. Oh, he no, he wasn't. He, oh, he hates he him. Oh, yeah. Not that he hates him, he just didn't think Pavelski was going to live up to that, you know, point per game or expectations of what he was on last year. And I was like, look, he's on one of the best lines in, in the league right now. And his game style, like you said, it's his game style. Mm -hmm. He just, yeah. he parks his butt right in front of the net. He's He probably has the best hand-eye coordination in the game, it, just in my opinion. 
And a lot of his points just come from that blue crease area right in front of the net. He just banging, banging away at rebounds. And, and that's where most of his points come from. You know, obviously a couple of uh, passing the puck around, getting those apples too, but a lot of his goals, just deflections and, and potting in rebounds right in front of the crease. So that's his game and, and it works for him. No, I love it. I'm, I'm a big fan of the player for sure. Like even just looking at his, his stats here, like n- nothing's different from year to year. Uh, yeah. The only thing I see that's different this year is he's getting l- uh, less time on ice, a little bit less time on ice. But then I'm noticing he's getting less time playing shorthanded. So maybe they're kind of saving him up a little bit. And that's like he's getting about a minute less time on ice. It's probably that shorthanded time. But everything yeah. else is the same. His shot count is the same. His shooting percentage is the same. Um, you know, and actually he's got 14 power play points already. So he had 25 last year. He's already up to f- 14 in 38 games. Like, he could probably surpass that 25 points. So Dallas is just going to be a good team for a lot of years. And I, I didn't really see that coming. I don't, I don't think I expected Jason Robertson to do what he's done this year. And then hence, you know, he's had some injury problems and we haven't really seen him play to this level this consistently. Um, so yeah, I'm, I, I'm all, all in with the Dallas stars and then Ottinger, obviously. Yeah. They're going to be good for a long time. Yeah. I think that was the same with me too, is, um, couldn't really put my finger on what the problem was with the Dallas stars. I thought a lot of the productivity was, was going to have to rely on that top line, but thankfully, you know, they've gotten some offense from Miro Heiskin in a little bit. They've gotten some offense and some, some bounce back seasons from Jamie Ben, Tyler Sagan, a couple of those other guys that they really needed help from last year and just didn't get it from. But yeah, that's what's really uh, been the difference for me with the Dallas stars is they're getting some depth scoring a little bit more this year. I'm into it, man um cool well let's get to biz on what we got here for all right and that is new year new me who are these players who are these players that you have on your lineup and you're probably like come on guy like can can you help me out (laughs) all right um that's who we're gonna try and target a little bit today um you know hopefully put your minds at ease a little bit like i think personally all six of these players are gonna be okay all right they're gonna they're gonna kind of do what you drafted them to do or you traded for them to do or whatever. I think they'll, they'll be fine at the end of the year. But um, one of the things about fantasy is you have to exercise patience, you know, like um, I see it all the time. You know, uh, you pick up a guy and he, he goes two games without a point and you're already looking to drop him, you know, or like, it's just, it's very fickle. I've talked about this before on the podcast, but you have to have a little bit of, of um, like a holistic view of your team and you have to give guys some leeway right? Because there's nothing worse. And I don't know if you've experienced this deal. We probably have is like you drop a guy and then he goes off, right? Or you trade a guy because he's, you know, he's low and you trade him and then he just lights the world on fire. Like it happens all the time, right? So um, yeah, these are guys I think you should stick with if you got them on your roster. But let's get to biz. All right. So we're just going to go back and forth here. I will give you my first pick. This is a new year, new me. How about the big guy, Austin Matthews? All right. It is shit, Austin. Oh, good. Then it's not just me. Pretty much the consensus number two uh, pick this year in draft season, I would say. Um, him or Drysaddle, but he was in the top three for sure. Um, and, and, you know, Matthews is playing well this year. There's no question. Right. He's got 40 points in 36 games. So that's uh, with 17 goals, 23 assists. He's currently on a point pace for 91 points, right? Um, And just compare this, though, with last year where he had his big year. Um, He had 106 last year with 60 goals, right? I think 
Austin Matthews this year was was everybody's pick probably for the Rocket Richard Trophy, like without even thinking about it. They're like, yep, yeah, Austin Matthews, no problem. He'll, he'll probably get 70. I, I heard people in draft seasons, they're like, can he get 80? Like, you know, and they were serious. And, you know, that that's the fun part about draft season. We just all extrapolate what we think is going to happen. But, yeah, it's, it's been an interesting season so far for Austin Matthews, right? Um, and I think one of the big issues, like I, I've got him on a couple teams first off. Um, one of the big issues with Austin Matthews is his power play production. I yeah. think that's that's a that's a really key part in where like why his goal count is is down this year. Um, like if you look at some of his stats here in the last twenty games, he has three power play goals in the last twenty games. That that's a bit unexpected for me. Um, I think I I would think he's going to get a lot more in it, and that just hasn't been the case, right? Guys like uh, Tavares is getting getting crazy power play points. You know, Marner, those are the guys getting the goals. Um, it's I, I just think Austin Matthews, yeah, that's that's a big factor in why he's not getting as many goals there. So power play aside, um, one thing I like to do is look at sort of how he's he's trending, uh, like his advanced statistics at even strength. So I did a little bit of a deep dive here. So at even strength, Austin Matthews is 14th in the league overall in shots on game per 60. Um, he's sixth in the league in uh, individual Corsi four. So putting shots to the net, um, getting shots on net, he's sixth, right? So he's generating a lot of shots. And then he's first overall in the entire league at five on five in individual scoring chances for per 60. That's huge. That's yeah. better than any of these guys. Tage Thompson, Jason Robinson, Connor McDavid, Dry Settle. He's Austin Matthews is number one. He's getting the most scoring chances at even strength uh, in the league, right? So what's the problem? <laughs> uh, it looks to me like Austin Matthews is not converting at the same level he did last year, right? So um, a lot of things with Austin Matthews are the same. So he's still shooting okay. Last year he shot, um, he had 348 shots last year. That's awesome. That's, that's elite, Right. And he's, he's, he should get over 300 again this year. He's, he's humming along at like four and a half shots per game. That's great. That's what you want to see. Right. But last year, his shooting percentage was 17, uh, 17.2. The year before, it was 18.5. And this year, it's only 11.2. Right. So he's having some problems converting for whatever reason. Um, so, but that said, I mean, he, he's bringing a lot of other stuff to the table, right? He's hitting a lot more this season. Um, he's got 51 hits in 37 games. That's unexpected, right? His highest hit total is uh, 67 hits, which was last season. And now he's, he's going to obliterate that this year, which is really nice. And also 42 blocks in 37 games. That, that's unexpected from Austin Matthews. So he, he's bringing a lot to the table, but he's not at that level where like that number two overall drafted level, yeah. right? So, um, yeah, that, that's just to show you some of the advanced stats, like he's doing everything, uh, right to get those goals. He's just not getting the goals. Right. So that says to me, the law of averages, it, that should come back up. Right. So I think we're going to start seeing a bit more of a goal explosion from Austin Matthews. So, um, you know, while he may not get to 60 this season, like we thought, um, I think um, it's going to normalize. He's going to start getting more goals in the power play. I still think 50 goals is uh, very reasonable and probably 100 points, right? But but obviously, he needs to convert a little more. Um, as I said, yeah, everything else is similar. Um, I, I just think a ex goal explosion is on the way for Austin Matthews. Um, obviously, you have him. Just expect it's coming. I don't know. What's your take on Matthews? Yeah, I think we can see a big 
second half of the season for Austin Matthews. I think without question that no matter what happens, that this is Mitch Marner's year for the Mm -hmm. Toronto Maple Leafs, that he's the face this year. He's been unstoppable pretty much every single game. But I think you made a really good point with Austin Matthews on the power play. I think teams in those matchups have just made it very clear on the power play to at least have one guy on him at all times. And, you know, I want to kind of relate this to Ovechkin because Ovechkin's in the same area every single time on the power play. He's either in his office or at the top of the blue line. Those are the only two spots. I've seen a lot of times Matthew's been shut down on the power play because of how often, like I love the movement from the Leafs on the power play, but he's continuing to switch sides and be at the top of the blue line a lot every single time. And so I, I just don't feel like he's getting comfortable in one of those areas. And as well, his teammates always seem to be looking for that, uh, you know, throwing the needle, that needle pass yeah, going yeah. through under sticks and, and legs and everything. And it just doesn't seem to work out for him as much as other players does. Again, I just feel like teams have made it very clear that someone is on him at all times during the power play. And that's why we've seen a lot of Michael Bunting, a lot of John Tavares, a lot of Nylander and Marner goals and plays coming from them on the power play more than Austin Matthews as well. At the same time, I just don't think Austin uses his his feet and his speed as much as he can. You know, when we look at players like Nathan McKinnon and Connor McDavid, who really utilize their speed in the game to get by defenders, I don't think he does that as much. I don't think he has as much confidence as other like like McDavid and McKinnon to use his speed to maneuver through the defenders and players, which I think he's more than capable of doing. So, you know, I, I definitely do see a better second half than Austin Matthews. I think you know 50 goals 100 points like you said is definitely reachable it's not out of the question and we're going to see a bigger season a better second half of the season for austin matthews starting 2023 as of today um for me though i'm looking at the guy i'm looking at the guy that he just played against on the colorado avalanche i'm looking at devin tapes devin (laughs) what are you doing here (laughs) who's had a little bit of a, a down season so far um 20 points in 33 games so far this year at this point in the season last year, he had 32 points in 30 in 32 games. So he was a point per game player in his first 32 last year, not the case this year, obviously. And I think a big factor of that has to do with the amount of injuries Colorado has, has been dealt with, um, you know, just going down their, their, their lineup right now, you know, Nathan McKinnon has played 25 games. The Chushkins played 15 games. Byram's played 10 Landis Gog hasn't played any. So, and that's been a huge factor for his game. It hasn't been a huge factor for guys like Kale McCarr and Miko Rantanen because they don't necessarily, obviously they would like them there, but they don't necessarily need them to be productive, which Devin Taves does. And, you know, I think without question, he's been great defensively throughout his entire career. The stats prove it. He's a plus 97 through his career which actually puts him in the top 275 players ever to play the game in the NHL. And he's only been <laughs> in the league for five years. So his, his defensive capabilities are there. That's without question. But as we've seen throughout his career, his offense has steadily been progressing. Started off with 18 points, then 28 points, then 31 points. Last year, 57 now he's at 20 points in 35 games. Yeah, 33, 34 games as of this year. That production has slowed down because of the talent that hasn't been around him to help him with that offensive production as well. So a, a great defensive player, but needs that superstar talent 
a lot of that, which he has had with the Avalanche, just not this year. But I can expect a big things to turn around in the second in second half of the season. Yeah, I like that. Um, yeah, he, that is crazy, that plus minus. I mean, to me, that stat, I, I don't put a lot of weight into it, but when he's plus 52 for an entire season, you put yeah. weight on it. That's 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 insane. Like, <laughs> did he lead the league in plus minus last year? He must have been top three at yeah, least. I know, there, I know there were a couple of defensemen Florida, that were pretty some... high. Florida or maybe maybe Nashville at the time. Look at that. Yeah, but he was definitely one of the top defensemen. There were top players in the league for plus minus. Yeah, that's crazy, man. Um, yeah, very nice season for Devin Taves last year. Um, I, I like him so far this year, and and I agree with you. I think I think he has more offensively to give. I think, um, yeah, uh, it's a really good point. Um, he's not like a, um, a car that can kind of do it on his own, right? Like he needs, he's he's more of a kind of team type player. Not that Makar isn't, but Makar has the talent to do it on his own. I think yeah. Devin Taves, yeah, he's more of a kind of a glue guy and he's getting, you know, probably some of these secondary assists and and whatever with the, with the great players he's playing with. But he's still on pace for for 50 points this season. That's nice. You know, what, what do you think um, Devin Taves, what were you kind of expecting from him moving forward, like for, for the, for the rest of the season, you think he'll kind of stay at this pace or maybe a little higher? Well, I think he'll, I think he'll be a little bit higher of a pace than this mm. year, especially with the returning players that we're getting. Like McKinnon just came back. Like you said, last game, obviously wasn't on the score sheet, didn't do much, but he's back in the lineup now. I know Nachushkin's out with, he re-injured his ankle. So who knows how long he is out, but yeah, Landis Gog, Landis Gog's like three or four weeks away potentially. So he, he'll be back in the lineup. It's just been a very tough year for the Colorado avalanche, but nonetheless, they've been able to win games uh, without, with, with all these injuries to their team. So I think we can see, like you said, probably he's not, not going to have another career high year of beating 57 from last year, but you know, anywhere from 48 to 52 is definitely reasonable for Devin Taves. He, like you said, it's a lot of those secondary assists that he gets. So I can definitely see a little bit better of a pace uh, for the second half of the season. That's a nice season for this guy. And I'm just looking yeah. at his deployment and his ice time. Like they're prioritizing him for sure. So, I mean, McCarr is obviously getting the offensive uh, statistics and Taves is no slouch. He's, he's doing well, but look at these numbers. Like, you know, last five games, 27 and a half minutes, 29 minutes, 26 minutes, 29 and a half, 24 and a half. Like that's, that's awesome deployment. Right. So obviously uh, the coach likes what he's seeing with Devin Taves out there and he feels confident putting him out there. And so when you got a player that's being deployed this way, you know, I think you can expect a little bit more first off peripherally because he's on the ice so much. So he's going to yeah. give you those peripherals if you're in a category league. And then, yeah, I think 50 points for Devin Taves, totally reasonable, you know, maybe 55. I think that's probably, I, I like Devin Tate's floor. I think, I think his floor is like 45 points and ceiling is probably 55, but I like yeah. that. I like that player. Cool. Let's move on to the next one. All right. New year, new me. All right. I hope this guy is a new me because he's been, uh, for some reason, I have this man in a points league and he's more of a bangers uh, category kind of league, but um, I still think he's good in a points league. Anyway, his name is Samuel Bennett. Miles Bennett Dyson. All right. Of the Florida Panthers. And uh, yeah, I like this player a lot. Um, you know, I, I like them. Obviously, he brings the peripherals. No question there. Um, but let's let's get into it here. Sorry, I just pulled this over. All right. Um, yeah. So Sam Bennett, he's got 24 points in 37 games. So that that's that's good. I mean, he he's on pace currently for 52 points. I mean, last year he got 49 points in 71 games with 28 goals, though. So that's nice. But 
you know, you have to kind of temper expectations of Sam Bennett. Um, for me, I thought Sam Bennett was capable of 60 points this season, potentially 65, just because of how well Florida played last year. And it's kind of come back down to earth a little bit. They're, they're not the same kind of team this year. Obviously, the, yeah. the coach, you know, it's a different system. They're not, they're not doing the same things they did last year. But, um, yeah, let's, let's deep dive into Sam Bennett a little bit here. So seven goals, 17 assists so far in uh, 37 games. Pretty good. Um, so, again, at, at even strength, uh, again, these are the statistics that, that I've been st- starting to use just to evaluate players, and I find it, it to be pretty helpful. He's 35th overall in the league in shots on goal per 60. That's good. So he's, he's putting a lot of shots on net. 52nd overall in individual Corsi 4 per 60. So he's putting a lot of shots to the net and uh, around the net. So he's generating a lot. And then 16th in the entire league in individual scoring chances for per 60. That, that's what you want to see, right? That's what tells me that, you know, he's getting the chances. Eventually, with the law of averages, that will come up. Like how far it comes up, I don't know. Will he get 28 goals again this year? I don't know. But he's getting the chances, right? So um, a couple nice things about Sam Bennett. Um, he's getting more ice time this year, right? So last year he he was uh, averaging around, you know, 16, 17 minutes. This year he's up at 17 and a half minutes, right? And he, one, but what I like about Sam Bennett, though, is he's playing very consistently with Matt Kachuk. Um, that, and Matt Kachuk, talk about advanced stats. That guy is, is putting yeah. up a, a, elite advanced stats. So these, these statistics that I'm mentioning, Matt Kachuk is, is you know, the upper echelon of the league in all of those, right? And he's having a good season in his own right. Um, but yeah, Sam Bennett, he's getting more ice time. He's got more hits. He's getting more power play time. All right. The, the main issue here is his shooting percentage is, is low, right? And that's, that, that's kind of it. You know, same thing with Austin Matthews. He's, he's not converting. Right. So last year when he had 28 goals, he was uh, humming along at 11.6% uh, shooting percentage. This year, he's only at 6.1. Right. And his career average is 10.1. So, again, that's just another indicator to me that that will likely bump up. Right. Even if it's just a couple percentage points, we're looking at, you know, a more successful player. Right. So. For Swiss Sam Bennett, I do think he, he's getting power play to deployment as well. So uh, I think 65 points, again, is ceiling for Sam Bennett. But I think he can get there. And, um, you know, his his floor to me should be 55, very similar to what we just talked about. Uh, but he needs to get converting here. So advanced stats say he's getting a ton of chances. Eventually, they're going to go in. I don't know. What you what you got on Sam B? Yeah, I, I, look, I like, Sam, I like Sam Bennett as a fantasy draft. Uh, he does so much for your team, especially in a categorical league. Uh, like you said, the, the, the amount of shots on net that he puts on, he has 114 shots this year, 93 hits, 26 blocks. You can't ask for much more. Well, obviously you can because his stats are a little bit down offensively in the goals and assist department, which has been a little bit of a struggle for a lot of Florida Panthers this year. It's actually been kind of crazy to see how much that, you know, insane trade between the Calgary Flames and, mm-hmm. and Florida Panthers really disrupted the chemistry for a lot of the players on the team that are still there. And, you know, obviously the individual stats for Matthew Kachuk are crazy good. Uh, the, yeah. the season yeah. he's having is is phenomenal. You, you can't ask for much more from him. But there's just a lot of things that aren't going right for the for the Florida Panthers this year. You know, they've, they've struggled with a, with a couple of injuries. Ekblad, Anthony Duclair, uh, Barkov was out for a significant amount of time as well. Anton Lundell, you know, the goalies have been awful in my opinion. Uh, you yeah. know, the expectations, I don't think a lot of people had high expectations for Bobrovsky. Still, 
not good enough. And even Spencer Knight, I think people did expect him to be a lot better than he has been. And that's been the, the bad case for the Florida Panthers. Nonetheless, though, Sam Bennett, you're right. The opportunities are there. He's getting the chances. He's getting the time. It's just he's not capitalizing it on right now. Hopefully, you know, he'll start to get a little bit more some some favorable bounces for himself that can kind of get going. Like he only has two points in his last seven games, I believe. So I'm really hoping that he, you know, playing with Kachuk on the first line, playing with Barkov, those superstar guys for the Florida Panthers can kind of get him going a little bit more. But again, like for um, like the Edmonton Oilers, even the Calgary Flames, I think the Florida Panthers are in some deep trouble right now, some deep water trying to find themselves even get a playoff spot. Like we've got the New Jersey Devils who are in top three in the Metro. The Capitals have kind of come out of nowhere now. Yeah, they're flying. Uh, you know, the Rangers aren't even in a playoff spot, and I think they're going to be in a top three spot by the end of the year. So it's, it's going to be tough for the Florida Panthers if, as a team, collectively, they can't figure it out together. Yeah, for sure. Um, the good thing about the Panthers, at least their their team statistics, show that they're getting a ton of chances, and um, they're getting a lot of chances. They're putting a lot of shots towards the net. They're limiting chances on their own end. Um, but they're not converting, right? And that's yeah. the story of, of most of the players on the Panthers. You know, you look at Sam Reinhardt, Carter Verhage, um, you know, even Matt Kachuk to some degree. Like, he, he's, he's, I think he could do even better, right? Like, yeah. with, with the, the type of statistics, advanced statistics that he's showing, he should be, he should be even having a better offensive season. So, um, yeah, Panthers have been a frustrating one so far this year, especially because of, of the expectations of last season. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I like Sam Bennett and I like that he's kind of putting up these advanced statistics at even strength. Right. That says to me, like then power play is like icing on the cake. Right. If he's getting any stuff on the power play, you know, I think he can do a lot of this stuff even strength. But you got to get going, my guy. (laughs) All right. What you got? Yeah. uh, You know, another guy that really needs to get going as well. And I expect things from him in the second half. Hopefully he gets traded to a contending team as well. That's kind of what I'm hoping for for him. But Patrick Kane of the Chicago Blackhawks. Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Patrick. Um, 26 points in 34 games this year. You know, I I, th- I still think it's good with the team, all things considered with the, how the team is roster-wise. 26 points in, 30, in 34 games is okay, good for his standards. But, um, yeah, there's just not much you can do with the amount of non-talent he has around him right now for yeah. the Chicago Blackhawks. And honestly, like, if you don't, if you don't count his rookie year, this is the this is the third time in his career out of 14 seasons that he's been under a point per game, which is kind of incredible and unbelievable to even think of that he's been in the game for 14 years now. He's 34 years old, but it, it is it is a little bit understandable of why he's not producing right now. But this is also a guy who had 96 points last year, very quietly. Um, again, not a lot of talent last year as well, a little bit more, but it's a little bit of a different scenario for Patrick Kane, you know, obviously with the trade rumors, hopefully he does get traded to a cup contending team. Again, this is a guy that I do expect to have a better second half of the season, especially if you're in a keeper league, if you're in a keeper league, like I, I all, I actually just acquired him in a trade a few weeks ago. I believe I traded Roman Yossi and a 14th round pick for Patrick Kane and a second round pick. And I'm putting a lot of faith in him being traded to a cup contending team. That's why I made this trade as well, because he is a great hockey player and he's still a great hockey player. So once he gets on a good team, the points are going to start coming. But there's not a lot you can do right now playing with Chicago Blackhawks. 
Um, his shooting percentage is obviously terrible. He's under 5% shooting percentage. So the puck's not going in the back of the net for him, even when he does get the opportunities. But he also went from playing with Artemi Panarin to Alex Dabrinkit to now Max Domi and Tyler Johnson. Like, you kind of <laughs> see that, that the level. Yeah. <laughs> you kind of see the level of uh, talent that he's surrounded by just went down the drain over the last two, three years, especially last year to this year with uh, the trade of Debrinket to the Senators. So again, I'm not trying to cop out with the, with this answer, but he just doesn't have the talent surrounded by him. And this is one of the worst teams in the league this year. But he's mm-hmm. to me, he's still a. If, if you put him on the Rangers, you put him on an actual cup contending team, this is a guy who's going to be top 20 in fantasy points. This, to me, is still a guy that you can draft probably in the second round, maybe if you want to wait a little bit, early third round at this point. But like we're looking at guys that are surrounded by him. Like Sidney Crosby's 33, 34, and he's still over a point per game. But he's yeah. playing on the Penguins with a lot more talent surrounded by him. So that's that's the kind of point I'm trying to make right now. If he gets traded – He's going to be going lights out. He's going to be good. Yeah. No, I agree with you there. Um, Patrick Kane, I've got him in one spot in one of my leagues. Um, I was able to get him in the fourth round, I think. I think a lot of people were fading Patrick Kane, and rightfully so this year, right? We saw who he had to work with, and it's, you know, it's pretty ugly. And it was ugly last year, and he still made it happen, right? And then they traded even those guys away, like like Hagel and, you know, obviously Dabrinkit. Like, those guys are gone. So, um, yeah, this – I think we all knew this was going to be a down year. I didn't think it would yeah. be this down though. I I'm, I'm a bit surprised. Like this is his lowest, even with his rookie year, this is his lowest um, point per game pace that he's ever been yeah. on. Right. So um, I, to be honest though, I don't think he'll, I don't think he'll have his lowest point per game this season. I, I agree with you. I think this player will be fine. Um, obviously a trade would, would, I think that would really make a difference. Right. But the thing about a trade too, it's a little bit scary is, his deployment right now, he's still getting 20 minutes, over 20 minutes a night. He's averaging. So you you, don't, you never know, depending on where he goes, right? It's, it's probably an established team that's good. Maybe he goes on the second line, you know, and maybe he's only getting 17 minutes a night, you know, as opposed to this 20, right? And then it, who knows, you know? So obviously there's some some variables in a trade that you just can't account for. Yeah. But what you can account for is this guy's skill is elite, Right. And he's only 34. And I, I like your point that you made. Like, yeah, Crosby's 34. Ovechkin, these, these guys are older guys, right? They're still crushing. And Patrick Kane looks good out there. Um, one funny thing, though, in 35 games, six hits and seven blocks. What the hell are you doing, my man? He's out there, he's out there doing his hair in the defensive zone. He's too zone. small. He's too small. The puck just uh, goes right through him. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. He just, he's trying to get in the way. He's just, yeah, he, he can't. But, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, can, Patrick Kane, can you go and just hit somebody? Please just do me do me a solid. He had 11 hits all last year. Okay. Yeah. This, this, I'm just looking at his hit stats. This is ugly. Whatever. You know what's actually you know, funny, though? It's funny, though, because talking about hits and we were talking about Matthews and how he was hitting more this year. Last year, Mitch Marner actually had more hits than Austin Matthews. I think he had like 75 hits and Matthews had 67, something like that. But that was, to me, that was kind of crazy to see from Mitch Marner as well. Yeah. I like stuff like that, especially, you know, you're in all different kind of formats of leagues. Like you, you got to yeah. take notice of that stuff, right? Like Austin Matthews is, is uh, hitting uh, more than one per game and blocking more than one per game. That's awesome. Like Austin Matthews could have a hundred point season, a hundred hits and a hundred blocks. I mean, if everything stayed the same, you know, 
Yeah. That's insane. <laughs> you know, but I don't know. Maybe you should stop hitting as much and start scoring more. And, and that would be nice. If, if That'd be a good choice as well. Did. Yeah, let, let some other people hit. All right, dude, just, just do that. Let Mark Giordano go out there and just, just smash some people. I don't know, who, whoever else. Oh, hi, Mark. There you go. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, Patrick Kane, I think he's going to be fine. I agree with you. Hopefully he does get traded to a contender. Um, I actually hate to see a guy like this sort of go out like this. Yeah. You know, if, just uh, you could tell the, the frustration him and Taves felt, you know, when they're just dismantling yeah, well, the team. And these know, they, guys yeah, they, they, they want no part of a rebuild whatsoever. Yeah. They made that very clear even last year when they knew that you know, the organization was going to be shipping out to Brinkett and Hagel. We're like, we do not want to be a part of rebuild. So if they're going, please send us too. Yeah. I, I think, I think a, a Kane trade is, is almost a certainty. I hope it happens. You know, someone, someone good, like the, like the Rangers or something like that. That'd be sick. That would be um, very sick. Re- yeah. Reunited with Artemi Panarin. Oh yeah. Oh my God. That would be insane. Yeah. Love that. Um, all right. I'll give you my last pick. The new year, new me, the man is Adrian Kempe. All right. Um, yeah, he's again. The, so Sam Bennett and Adrian Kempe were, were they, they weren't really projected to to go off offensively this season. But I think there was more expectations of Kempe than than kind of even what he did last year. And he had a great season last year. Um, uh, but first off, so in 40 games this year, he's got 24 points, 14 goals, 10 assists. That's nice. Um you know, he's on pace for 49 points this year. Uh, last year, he was on a 57-point pace. He did end up with 54 points in 78 games, including 35 goals. That's awesome. Yeah, this guys he's, he's, a, he's a goal scorer. He's like a Chris Kreider. He's like one of those kind of players, right? Um, and he's, he's doing well this year. You know, 14 goals in 40 games, that's not bad. But with the amount of deployment that he's getting, uh, he's, so he's top line with uh, Kopitar and whoever else they're putting on on the uh, on the wing there. Um, I'm always surprised they don't put Fiala up there. He's they got yeah. Fiala on the third line for some reason, but yeah, whatever. As long as Kempe's getting this this time, I think you know he's must roster for sure. But he's getting deployed very well. Uh, 19 minutes per game last season. You know he was 18 and a half, so that's kind of the same. Um, but yeah, let's let's do a deep dive in here. I, Checked out some statistics on Kempe. So, again, even strength. 61st in the league in shots on goal per 60. That's nice. 38th in the league in individual Corsi 4 per 60. That is nice. And then he's 80th in the league in individual scoring chances, 4 per 60. So those are very good numbers. And, again, it's not like Sam Bennett and Austin Matthews, you know, where it's kind of an elite level there in some of those advanced statistics. But it's still more than, I think, what he's producing, right? And... You know, when I look at Adrian Kempe, again, it's power play production that that's sort of fallen off a little bit. So last season in 78 games, he had 16 power play points, you know, including six goals. Uh, This season, he's only got six points on the power play out of his 24 points. And I think that's a really key piece there um, because LA's power play is is not terrible. Um, What what are they? I think I look at, yeah, they're, they're the 13th best power play in the league. So, you know, top half at least. Right. Um, but Kempe's not the one they're sort of going to there. Yeah. Um, so I do think Kempe has more in the tank on the power play for sure. And his even strength stats show that, you know, he should be okay there. It Kempe's an interesting one to me because I've got him again in a couple leagues, and it's like he gets to you to a point where you want to drop him. You're like, oh, screw this, man. This sucks. And then he, he'll he'll just pop off for like, you know four points in two games or three games. And you're like, ah, all right, I'll, I'll keep it. And he just kind of strings you along. That's what Adrian Kempe does. But that said, I, I do think that, so like I said, he's a 49 point pace. 
I think 55, 60 points is more likely with Kempe. Yeah. And I think he's going to have a big second half. This is a um, one thing I like about Kempe is he shoots a lot. I mean, he's not shooting as much as he did last season. So he was 3.2 shots uh, per game last season. He's at 2.8 this season. So that's not too bad. Um, but what's nice about Kempe too, and I always like to bring this up, he's he hits. Right, He's got 54 hits in 40 games. To me, uh, if you're a forward and you're getting a hit a game, that's that's nice. You know, that's a nice little piece there. So he's not just a one trick pony, right? 35 goals last year. That's great. Um, you know, but he also hits right last season. He had 111 hits this season. He's got 54. Um, he's bringing a lot to the table. I like Kempe. I don't know. What do you got? Yeah, I, it's definitely a, a little bit of a disappointing season for Adrian Kempe. For me personally, I really like that second, that second line for the LA Kings. I really like Victor Arvidsson. I like Philip Deneau. Uh, Trevor Moore is on the second line, but as of right now, he's injured. So yeah. it's Alex Alafayo. I follow who's on that second line. And even him, I like him as well. And like you mentioned, you know, on the power play, they're not really going to Kempe on the power play right now. They're going to guys like Arvidsson. They're going to Deneau. They're going to Fiala, Kopitar, those guys. Even though he can produce, it's just like, it's just working out that way in the end. But I, yeah. I'm not really sure what the second half of the season has in store for, for Adrian Kempe. To me, the, the LA Kings are a little bit of a, an, an enigma. Uh, I don't really know what to think of them right now. The, their games have been very crooked and lopsided at times, very inconsistent goaltending. You know, I, you know, I've recently Phoenix Copley has been a great fresh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, breath of fresh air for the LA Kings in the crease. Uh, give quick a little bit of rest and everything that went down. Um, with the situation, I'm you know blanking on the, on the goaltender's name who they sent down uh, a few weeks ago for the LA Kings. Oh, I don't know. Jonathan. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember what I'm blanking out. Anyways, they sent down the goalie. They bring up Phoenix Copley, and and everything's kind of worked out a little bit since they Cal Peterson. Back. That who was Cal that? Peterson? That hey, is it. that okay. is it. There we go. Nonetheless, though, it's just been a little weird season for the LA Kings. It's been a little disappointing for for Adrian Kempe. I'm not really sure what to expect. You know, I find it a little strange that Kevin Fiala finds himself on the third line. Like you said, Adrian Kempe still up there with Kopitar and, and I, maybe they're trying to juggle some lines around and get the offense going for everybody. But yeah, I don't know. I really like Victor Arvidsson a lot. He's available in almost any league that you can find. I believe he's under 30%, 25%. Yep. Same goes for guys like Alex Ayafalo and those guys. And, Yes, Kempe is just a little bit streaky for me. I think he, the yeah, goals there, like we're going to see the goals start to go in. And, you know, 50 points is probably the ceiling this year. It's just been a little bit of a down year. He's got 24 points in 40 games. You know, I'm not really quite sure what to think. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm just looking at uh, um, just standings in general. And, uh, yeah. you know, the 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 Kings, they've played more games than anybody in the league. They played 40 games. Uh, so that probably accounts for a bit of this. But they're they're sixth in the league in points. That's actually a bit surprising. <laughs> so, um, yeah, with kind of what's going on there, and I'm looking like they're scoring a lot of goals. That's great, but they're also letting in a crap ton of goals, right? Um, you know, they are. Oh, where are they? Yeah, they're like ninth in the league in goals yeah. against. <laughs> so, so that's a problem, right? And and like you said, I like Copley in there. Um, you know, I did pick him up in a couple spots there. Hopefully, I think he should probably take over for Quick. I don't think they're 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 really playing well in front of Quick. But like you said, I, I do like some of the streamer level guys on LA, Arvison being one, Trevor Moore when he gets healthy too. Uh, he he brings a lot to the table. But yeah, my man Kempe, come on, buddy. 35 goals last year. I think that's what kind of 
got us all excited, you know? And yeah. I think, you know, <laughs> if he doesn't get 35 goals, people will say it's a disappointing year and, and maybe it will be, but um, I do think that um, 60 points for Kempe, that that's what, that's what I'd like to see 55, 60 points with whatever kind of goal total he'll, he'll be doing there. But uh, yeah, we'll see. I, I like the Kings, but uh, they got to stop some pucks. Yeah, they definitely got to stop some pucks. And uh, another team that needs to stop some pucks as well, Nashville Predators. I'm looking at Philip Forsberg for a little bit of a bounce back in the second half of the season. I think we already saw that over this this past weekend as well. Um, I really liked the two games the Nashville Predators played. I would have preferred if they played Kevin Lankinen against the Anaheim Ducks and saved UC Soros against the Vegas Golden Knights. Nonetheless, Two game road trip. They come out with three out of four points. Can't go, you know, can't really complain much about that. They scored the tying goal with three seconds left in the game. So yeah. kudos to Philip Forsberg recording that hat trick again. But yeah, Philip Forsberg was a guy that I had my eyes on preseason, now in the season, and continuing for the second half of the season as well. Uh definitely struggled a little bit at the start, but so did the, you know, the entire team of the National Predators. Like you said, you look to draft UC Soros a lot in your fantasy leagues and just hasn't really panned out the way you expected the national predators. I actually had the predators being a top three team in the league by the end of the season, but it's been a little bit disappointment nonetheless. Um, But yeah, Philip Forsberg, five goals, seven points in his last three games. I think for me, like I said, this weekend they just had recording the three out of four points was really the turning point that Nashville predators needed and can kind of get a little bit more confidence. They got everything they needed out of that Anaheim ducks game. A big 6-1 win, great goals and, and, you know, production from their top guys in Forsberg and Roman Yossi, a a lot of depth scoring as well. Colton Sissons and Trennan, those guys who get on the score sheet. And then they have a pretty good back-to-back game against the Vegas Golden Knights where Mm -hmm. Kevin Lankinen really did play great and they were able to get into overtime, unfortunately lose the game. But this is what they're going to have to do for the second half of the season. They're going to have to play games like that every single time they step on the ice because – Again, just like the Eastern Conference right now, the Western Conference is no different. They they're out. They find themselves outside of a wild card spot, and really need to to battle in the second half of the season if they want to make the playoffs again. And you know, last year, you know, first round against the Avalanche was a little unfair. UC Soros is injured. They yeah, they got to yeah. go to Connor Ingram and David Riddick to, to play in the crease. They get absolutely smoked in four games. So. I really had a lot of faith in this in this Predators team to do a, uh, to do some big things this season, and I'm really hoping that this weekend was the starting point, the the foundation for them to turn things around, get Philip Forsberg going a little bit more, which he did this weekend. He's up to I believe 32 or 33 points on the season, which again, four games ago he was at 22 or 23 points. So a big weekend for the for Philip Forsberg and the Nashville Predators. Yeah, I love Philip Forsberg. Um, the guy's a beauty. Um, I, I I wanted to get him this year, but I just he was getting drafted a little earlier than I wanted to take him. Yeah. But uh, I do remember you guys on your pod talking about uh, Nashville. And I know that you like Nashville to to do well this year. Um, I wanted them to do well, and I, I I'm there for it for sure. But I I understand the negative regression that they've had because yeah. every player on their team basically had a career year, right? Yeah. Like like Yossi had his career year, Forsberg with his career year, like. Uh, Matthew Shane, all, all these guys, right? So it's not a surprise to me that they are where they are right now. But I, I tend to agree. Like when you got goaltending like UC Soros, and he's he's back on his game. You know, they're not. It's not 
equaling wins all the time, but he's back on his game. Amazing save percentage, good goals against, right? They just can't score. They're tied yeah. for third worst in the league in goals four, right? So I love seeing a 6-1 game. Um, get everybody off the schneid Forsberg hat trick. Yes, please. Right. And Matt Duchesne coming back to the lineup. I know he was out there. Um, yeah, that makes a difference, right? I, I do think Matt Duchesne is overrated, but he's still a part of this team and that that successful team that was, that they had last year. So I'd like to see Nashville make the playoffs, obviously for my own selfish purposes, because I have UC Soros basically everywhere. So, <laughs> you know, give me some, give me some wins, big juicy, but yeah, Forsberg, um, this guy does it all. He, um, again, his, his shooting percentage is down as opposed to last year. I think Nashville was overachieving there, right? They were just converting at a ridiculous rate, but everything else is kind of the same for Philip Forsberg. So he should be able to, you know, increase what he's doing here. He's right now, he's currently on a 75 point pace. You know, he was on a uh, 100 point pace last year. So I think it's probably yeah. somewhere in the middle. That's where he's going to be probably for the rest of the season. And uh, yeah, I like the player a lot. I think he's going to be well. You're going to want keep on keep holding Philip Forsberg. Don't trade Philip Forsberg. Okay, you got to keep him. Okay, and that's kind of that's what we do. That's uh, those are our new year, new me players. I think uh, hopefully we provide you some value there. Um, you know, before we wrap this up, there's a couple things we want to talk about um, for Steele and myself. I wanted to see what he thought or who Steele thought was his uh, fantasy MVP for the first half of the season, who isn't named Connor McDavid. All right. We can't just go chintzy and name Connor McDavid because <laughs> clearly, I mean, the man's just in an unstoppable. Yeah, yeah, unstoppable. He's unstoppable. He's ridiculous. Um, well, Winnipeg stopped him finally. So that was nice. But I, what did they have to do to him? You know, I, I didn't watch the game. Like, were they just smothering him? I don't know. Yeah, they pretty much had to, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So whatever. And uh, I'm sure Connor Hellebuck played a part in that. But um, yeah, so we want to do uh, half season MV fantasy MVP. And, uh, you know what? I'll let you go first deal. Why don't you, why don't you give me your, your first half of the season fantasy MVP, not named Connor McDavid. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that very much. And it, you know, look, there's a ton of guys who I think could be the MVP. You know, I love Tage Thompson. I really mm-hmm. like what Jason Robertson has been able to accomplish this season as well. There's a ton of guys that I would like to name the MVP, but I actually ended up going with Miko Rantanen. And I think he's been a guy who has been overlooked this entire season because of, again, the other production that we've seen from Marner, Robertson, Thompson, McDavid, Dreisaitl, Kaprizov, all those Kucherov even. So he's been overlooked, but he needs to start getting uh, some recognition on his name right now for what he's been able to help the Colorado Avalanche do this season without all of those guys that he's regularly, regularly playing with. You know, 24 goals, 21 assists for 45 points on the season. He's top 10 in fantasy points this year as well. The Avalanche are 19, 14, and 3 currently on the season. Uh, And again, that goes without them playing a lot of times without the regular people in the lineup. Landis Gog, McKinnon, Nachushkin. I've mentioned all those guys before. But yeah, he's been able to do this without those type of guys. And the exact reason why I was... You know, the reasons I was explaining why Devin Taves is having a a down year because he needs those guys to kind of facilitate his offensive production. Rantanen doesn't need that. Obviously, he would love to play with them, but if they're not in the lineup, he can get it done without them. I believe he had he has 13 points in nine games without McKinnon and has 26 points in in 15 games or 20 games without Nachushkin, which he's able to do this without the talent around him. And at the same time, they're able to win these games. It's kind of crazy that. 
the Avalanche are the eighth worst team in the league right now in goals for. They're not scoring goals at a, at a you know successful rate as they did last year. But the great thing is they're one of the best teams in goals against this year as well. So they're not scoring a ton, but they're not letting a lot of goals in as well. And that's the way they're winning games this year. They're winning some tight games, and their defense has a, their defense and Gorgiev has a lot to do with that. Especially Gorgiev, he's been a great gem in the rough for the Avalanche, but. The offensive production has been really Miko Rantanen and Kale McCarr following right behind him. So Miko Rantanen is my MVP halfway through the season. Legend, legend, right there. I love the Miko Rantanen pick. Yeah, he's he's awesome. He's yeah, he's been holding down the fort for sure. Um, talk about New Year, New Me. I think the Avalanche, right? That's that's your yeah. New Year, New Me team. Right? <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna fly. I, that's not that's not rocket science, right? These are the defending Stanley Cup champions, but their team was decimated with injuries and st- still is to some degree. So, um, you know, they, they've they've got some amazing pieces that have stepped up. Guys like Lekkinen, um, Evan Rodriguez, even Alex Newhook uh, played some some big games there when uh, you know uh, McKinnon went down. Um, so it's losing the Chushkin is, is, is not cool. Um, cause I thought he looks like he's was ready to have a big season. So, you know, it'll be nice when he comes back, but I think the avalanche just in general are going to fly out the gates here for the second half of the season and get back to what, what we thought, you know, they were going to be and yeah. Rantanen. Yeah. He he's, he's a big part of that, you know? So I'm, I'm happy that McKinnon's back for Rantanen. and hopefully they get to play together as usual and, you know, get the biz, get uh, scoring some goals here. Cool. My half-season MVP, I'm going with Linus Ulmark, all right, of the Boston Bruins. What the hell? Who who thought this man would do what he's doing? <laughs> did you did you get Linus Ulmark anywhere? I didn't, unfortunately. I did not. You know what I did? I had him. I have him on two teams, <laughs> on two teams that I picked Jeremy Swayman on. I picked Swayman as my first goalie, like, you know, in the seventh round or eighth round or something. And then I picked uh, Allmark with my, you know, last pick or my second last pick. What the hell is this man doing? Like, look at, listen to these That's stats insane. of Linus Allmark. Yeah. So he's 20 wins, one loss, and one overtime loss on the season. 20 wins? What the? And, not only so he's first overall in wins, right? He's first in the league in save percentage with 938. He's first in the league in goals against average with 1.9. He's first in the league in goals saved above average. Okay, so that you know that means yeah, it it, it just means he's he above the at like the average save percentage in the league, the average amount of goals that uh you know a waiver wire goalie is saving. He's saving 22 goals above average. Uh, and he's leading the league in that category. It's just insane. Um, you know, so also, so he's got 19 quality starts in 24 games. So a quality start basically means he's, his save percentage is above the league average in that game. Right. So he's, he's just a beast this season. So uh, he's part of this. What I was thinking when I'm thinking half season MVP is like, yeah, someone who's killing it every night, first off, but also someone who maybe you drafted at value. Right. And to me, Allmark you know, you drafted all your main guys and then you got get Allmark in the 10th round or something. And yeah, he's, he's by far the best goalie in the entire NHL. Like that's, that's going to be the MVP of your fantasy team right there. If you picked up Allmark, you're, you're, you're loving life. You're in a good position, even if you drafted like crap. Um, so yeah, I got him in two spots. He's been an absolute stud. 
And uh, it's kind of similar to Rantanen. He held the Bruins in there at the beginning of the season while they were dealing with injuries, right? Marshawn was out. McAvoy was out. Grizzlick was out. Yeah. Um, you know, and Swayman was injured there uh, for a portion of that as well. And he, you know, he did this all while that was going on. And now the Bruins are number one in the league. They're the number one team in the league. That's crazy. That's an MVP yeah. right there. 20 win, one lock, one OT loss. Well, that's just ridiculous. Um, so Linus Allmark, we salute you. All right, Miko Rantanen, we salute you. All right, you're both legends in the game. Okay, that's nice. I appreciate that. Um, cool. So that's what we got there. Um, before we let you go, I did just want to touch base um, with you, Steele, about um, Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast. And yeah. um, something that that separates your podcast from other hockey podcasts that I listen to is you have kind of a betting uh, edge as well. You guys talk about betting. And I was wondering if you could just sort of just tell me what you guys do on Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast for betting and what you offer your listeners just in that regard. Yeah, so usually around the, you know the last five to ten minutes is is our betting segment for the episodes, and we'll each you know my co-host and I flip Livingstone. We'll we'll each come um you know we won't share our notes with each other, but we'll just kind of come in with a surprise so we can get our reactions and and our opinions straightforward from what we're saying. But yeah, last ten minutes of the episode we. Uh, you know, release our bet, our betting picks for that night, as well as our lock of the night as well. It'll be smooth Jimmy's lock of the week. And we kind of look at just different, different looks of the matchups in that, in, 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 in those matchups for the night. Um, a lot of our picks are very safe ones or sorry, not safe picks, but just like very regular picks that you would make in a night, like definitely on the money line or puck line or over unders. We do a couple of, uh, player props as well like anytime goal or anytime assist from Kirill Kaprizov or Connor McDavid those types but we keep it you know a little bit straightforward and simple for the for the listeners out there to kind of know what they're dealing with when it comes to betting yeah absolutely and you and you you guys kind of compete against each other don't you you have like records on your picks and stuff how's that going who's 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 on a heater who's not what's what's going on there yeah, so it's, it's kind of funny. So as of right now, I am on the heater. I we you know we keep our overall records from all of our three picks of the night plus our lock of the night. So overall record as of right now, I think I'm one hundred two eighty eight and zero. Uh, so overall, pretty good. You know, above five hundred win percentage right there. And then my lock record is is really good. I believe I'm at thirty seven and twenty two, something like along those lines. But uh, we do this little thing just for the for, just for us too. We don't really we say it a few times on the episode, but uh, a little side bet. We have some side bet actions. Whenever we disagree with one one uh, with each other, if he, <laughs> if he if he thinks the Devils are going to win that night, and I think the Penguins are going to win that night, you know, we do a little side bet off the air. You know, five ten bucks. Whoever wins the side bet, we you know a quick e transfer. Send them the money because they won, but. If we're talking about side bets, he he's he's got my number right now. I think I've, uh, <laughs> he's I've he's in your a, head somehow. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I've sent him a few uh, e transfers over the last couple <laughs> of months. So on that That's side, right. yeah, he's yeah. he's got my number. But overall, uh, I've been doing pretty well right now. 
No, I love that, man. Um, yeah, that's something that I do uh, really like about your podcast. And like I said, it, it's, it sets it apart there. So um, definitely everybody go and check out the Locked on Fantasy Hockey podcast. Um, first off, you, you, you guys do, you know, waiver wire shows, you do, uh, you know, news, all that stuff, right? They're giving you everything you need, uh, players to watch for, and then you're getting betting information at the end too. So um, way to go, way to go, Locked on Fantasy Hockey podcast. You guys are a bunch of studs, all right? Thank you. Thank and you, I would you. never lie about that. All right, cool. Well, that's that's all we got for the show here today. Um, thank you so much, Steele, for coming on the show. Uh, I'll give you the last word. What do you got? No, I just got to say Happy New Year to everyone out there again. Look, this is 2023, January 1st or January 2nd, whenever the episode's out. But nonetheless, it's New Year. It's a new, new me, new beginning. So make the most out of it. A bunch of opportunities out there. Don't be afraid to take a chance on anything that you want to do this year. That's exactly what my my mindset is for this new year. And again, thank you so much, Blake, for having me on. I love being on the podcast with you. Love talking hockey and fantasy MVPs and fantasy studs. So appreciate you for having me back on. Hell yeah, buddy. And I uh, echo the sentiment too. That's uh, that's awesome, man. What a positive guy this guy is. All right. Steel. Um, cool. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. All right. Uh, celebrate your day. Bye for now. A rational explanation is hardly necessary.